Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Reaching Out with Reach podcast. Today, we have a very special guest who we are pleased to have join us. Let's welcome Callie Crow. Hi, Callie. Hi there. How are you tonight? Good. How are you? I'm great. Good. Thank you for being on today. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem at all. <laughs> so Callie is currently a, a paramedic with Texas EMS serving all of Hood County. She instructs first aid, EMR, EMT, and CPR classes at the training division in Crowley and for interested communities, organizations, and individuals. In 2020, after losing her son, Drew, to a fentanyl overdose, Callie founded a nonprofit called Drew's 27 Change, Chains, D27C. This organization focuses on opioid addiction, Narcan, an opioid blocking medication, is an important tool in this endeavor, saving lives and giving opportunities for recovery. Callie educates and distributes Narcan in three major ways. D27C has a growing social media following where encouragement, knowledge, and Narcan mailouts are offered. During a recent six-week period, a reported eight lives were saved via this method. Providing Narcan in public areas is another approach. Canisters containing the medication are being placed in restaurants and other businesses. Also, some local school districts have opted in to put them in the buildings and school buses. Callie relies heavily on in-person presentations for this mission, such as speaking at the most recent overdose awareness event at the University of North Texas. A most important group being targeted is law enforcement. So often, the first on the scene Officers are first on the scene during optimal time for Narcan administration. She has spoken to hundreds of officers and continues to schedule departments for her presentation. Callie will spend the rest of her life dedicated to her mission of overdose awareness, Narcan training, and saving lives. Today, Callie is going to educate us on the importance of Narcan use, overdose awareness, and give us more information on her wonderful nonprofit she has. So for starters, we're just going to jump right into the questions. Can you Great. tell us? Um, can you tell us more about Drew's 27 Chains? Absolutely. So Drew's 27 Chains I established um, last year after the loss of my son Drew in June. Um, and so what my organization focuses on is overdose awareness in general, Narcan administration, proper use of Narcan. And then I also touch on a lot of stigma that's associated with addiction or substance use disorder. So right now I'm focusing on law enforcement agencies. Um, I'm a one-man band, and so um, I, that's where my focus is currently. I'm hoping to um, educate every law enforcement officer in the state of Texas um, as far as the uh, appropriate use of Narcan. Uh, I will, uh, there's a reason for that. There's a reason behind that. There's a few reasons, actually. So one of those reasons is that the night of Drew's overdose, there was an officer that arrived on scene first, uh, which is pretty typical in a 911 situation when the call comes out as an unknown situation. So um, they don't know what's happening. They'll send a law enforcement officer out there first and secure the scene for any additional personnel that they need, such as EMS. Um, the officer that arrived on scene, he was actually carrying Narcan, um, and for whatever reason, he did not administer his Narcan. Um, and so there were several reasons, you know, that kind of floated around in my head about, you know, what, why didn't he that day? What was, what was keeping him? What, what was the hesitation about um, administering the Narcan? 
right. and I came up with several, but the, the biggest one was I feel like ineffective training was probably a huge reason for that. Being a paramedic and being in this field for over 20 years, I know how the new policies, procedures, and equipment goes. A lot of times we're handed things and told to watch a video that maybe lasts four or five minutes, and then we're expected to basically be proficient at this. And, and unfortunately, that's not something that can happen um, with Narcan. Right. So even though it's a very easy drug to administer, um, there's some things that you need to know and how to recognize opioid overdoses. All right. Wow. Okay. So can you tell us more, um, tell us the importance of Narcan use and how, mm -hmm. you know, for people who may not know what Narcan is. Sure. So Narcan is a prescription medication, but in 2015, the state um, of Texas, the Senate passed a bill 1462, allowing anyone in the state of Texas to have access to Narcan without a prescription. So it's a standing order. So it's still a prescription drug, but anyone in the state of Texas can walk into a pharmacy and then obtain Narcan. What Narcan does is block the effects of opioids. Okay. So common opioids, hydrocodone, oxycotton, heroin, fentanyl, things like that, when you have too many of, um, of those in your system, it causes you to have respiratory depression and become unconscious. What Narcan does is go in and block the effects of that drug. So it's amazing. It's a spray, a nasal spray. It comes in several different forms, but I'm going to be speaking about the nasal spray. That is what is available to the general public. Okay. So for people who may know or may think they know um, like about Narcan, can you give us some myths about it? Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of myths. So one of the biggest myths that I like to break right open is you, um, let's say you go up and you find somebody who's unresponsive and you don't know this person. Maybe it's in a gas station um, stall bathroom stall. Um, you have no idea what this person's medical history is. All you know that is that they're unconscious and not responding to you. They don't look like they're breathing well. Maybe their skin is um, an off color. And so you shake them. They're not responding. Could this be an overdose? Absolutely. Could it be some other medical emergency? Sure, it might be. But the best thing about Narcan is that you cannot hurt someone with it. And so if it's not an overdose, giving it to them is going to have zero side effects. It wow. only has side effects if there's opioids in their system. Those side effects include breathing, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we want, right? Um, and so there are no side effects if there's no opioids in the system. However, the side effects that happen are life-saving um, if there are opioids in the system. So that's one of the biggest myths about Narcan. The other one is it's very expensive and difficult to get. Mm -hmm. um, not in the state of Texas and not... Now that you have me, you will um, always have access to Narcan. <laughs> right. So um, I provide Narcan for free. I get it from uh, the University of Texas Health Science Center down in San Antonio. They received a large federal grant in which I receive it from them for free. Therefore, I give it to you for free. So um, morenarcanplease.com is their website, and anyone could actually order Narcan from them. But you can also get it through me. Wow, that's that's funny you say that because we went to a convention uh, in September, a conference, and they gave us Narcan in our our bags, and it was in San Antonio. Awesome, yep. perfect. <laughs> that's probably why. There you go. All right. That's great. So it makes sense. All right. So, what would you like other parents to know, or even people who may come across um, an instance where they have to use Narcan on someone close to them? Um, so. 
the best thing to do, and when we're in emergency situations, it's really easy to kind of lose our cool. Um, but one of the reasons people lose their cool is because they feel very helpless and they don't know what to do. But getting this education about someone who's unresponsive, it's very similar to learning CPR. It gives you a tool, right? A tool in your tool belt that you can use. This is just an additional tool that can actually save someone's life. Once, I mean, it's very simple. It's a nasal spray. It goes in the nose just like um, you would administer some sort of allergy medication. You mm-hmm. spray it in the nose. It circulates through the body. It's designed to absorb into the tissues of the nose, not to be inhaled. Right. So um, that's one thing that people need to know. So even if the person is not breathing, you can administer the um, Narcan in the nose, let it begin to work, can start working within seconds. Um, If it doesn't work after two minutes, you can give an additional dose. So in the Narcan kit box, probably one that you receive, there's two doses inside of there. Um, But this is just a tool for those people who feel very helpless. If they find someone who's unresponsive, this may be able to save their life. Okay. Um, and another question came to my mind. So if someone, how long before someone is like unresponsive, can you give it to them or say they've been unresponsive for an hour? Will the Narcan still work? Yes, ma'am. So as long as the person has a pulse, it will still work. Okay. Even if it doesn't have a pulse, you can administer it in their nose and begin CPR. And what that does is circulate Narcan through their body and it begins to work. Okay. So there is no real time frame. If someone's unconscious, you can administer it. Don't worry about the time frame part of it. Um, but again, you have to look out for the symptoms. The reasons to give Narcan would be unresponsiveness. Okay. So the person needs to be unresponsive. That's one of the indications that this is an opioid overdose emergency. Wow. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> you can actually save yeah. lives with this. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so what are some locations that you offer training and how can trainings be uh, scheduled? Yeah, great question. Um, So I do trainings all over the United States. Um, I'm primarily focused in Texas because my nonprofit is established here. Um, And I have been zigzagging all over the state of Texas, which is amazing. There's no complaints for me whatsoever. Um, And so I go anywhere. Um, Anyone that's interested and willing to learn, I'm there for you. Uh, And how they schedule that is they email me, drews27chains at gmail.com, and let me know, hey, I would like some education about this. Um, Maybe it's just you and your family, and we could do something small. Um, If it is a large organization, such as a church or a school, maybe a police department, a fire department, first responders, whatever, Um, then we can schedule that. I have a calendar link that I'll send you via email. You can look at the available days. It's a one hour presentation, very quick. And then I'm also, depending on the size of the department or how many Narcan kits that you need, I'm able to supply you with that Narcan. If not, we can always order it and you'll be able to get it soon. Wow, that's great. That's great. Yeah, love it. So are there any final words or anything you would like to share with us? So I just want to talk and touch on addiction real quick. Um, Drew, um, there's a lot of stigma associated with substance use disorder. So um, a lot of people think that, and me, including in that group uh, before Drew died and before I really understood addiction, I've never done a drug in my life, never Mm -hmm. smoked pot. I don't drink. I don't smoke. My children were never exposed to that kind of thing. And so in my mind, somehow I believed that 
oh, my children will be exempt from this. They won't become addicts. That happens to people that are abused or are homeless or uneducated or all these things that people surround around um, the stigma associated with addiction. And those things are very ignorant and just not true. Addiction doesn't discriminate. Um, And so it can happen to anyone. And Drew was 27 years old. He was a student at the University of North Texas studying political journalism. He was married. He was six foot four. He appeared very healthy on the outside. He was very functional. He was very articulate and could talk to anyone, which is one of the reasons why he went into journalism in the the beginning. Um, But you would never know right? That he had been addicted and he had actually been addicted for over 10 years. So it started when he was very young. Um, And another thing people don't understand about addiction is that it doesn't necessarily always start with I'm out partying and I get addicted to a drug. It may start as a legitimate prescription because you have chronic back pain or you've had surgery. Um, And, you know, we have a lot of athletes, especially like in high school, that they go and have surgeries and the doctor gives them a prescription the parents follow the prescription just as the doctor had had um, prescribed. And then somehow they've ended up with this dependence upon the medication. And then that turns into addiction. Once that turns into addiction, then we're hopping around to different doctors and getting prescriptions. And then we're going to the ER. And then we end up on the street with the same people that were getting high from partying. And so now we're, we're the same, right? And so um, substance use disorder is a very difficult journey. Um, and so if you know someone who needs help, reach out and get help. And the best thing that you can do is support and love them. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. That was a lot of information there, but it was definitely it was a lot. Well, it was definitely well needed. I mean, yeah, it's, it was very informative. So thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. I hope that um, y'all all learned something today. And again, I'm more than willing to further this conversation and, and talk to anyone about it that wants the education. Yeah, well, I definitely learned something. So if no one else took anything <laughs> awesome. away from it, I definitely <laughs> did. Perfect. <laughs> we'll have to get you in and um, maybe do a, a training for our, our entire staff. And I'm yeah, that would be great. An organization who will like it. Yeah, I also have this wall-mounted kit. I think mm-hmm. I, you kind of talked about it in the bio. So the mm-hmm. wall-mounted kit is literally a thermostat cover, but it has the Narcan in it. So I put these up around AEDs, um, mm-hmm. stop the bleed kits, fire extinguishers, things like that, so that it's mm-hmm. accessible to everyone. I'm hoping to get those into major gas station chains and grocery yeah. stores and things like that. So yeah, um, I, I really hope that this is out there and can save a lot of lives. Definitely. Definitely. Well, we would like to give a huge thank you to Callie for taking time out to join us and educate us today. For more information on Drew's 27 Chains and to stay up to date with all that Callie is offering, you can find her on Facebook at Drew's 27 Chains. Callie can also be contacted by phone at 682-260-1944 and as mentioned earlier by email at Drew's27Chains at gmail.com. That concludes this month's podcast with Callie Crow. This is also Reach's um, final podcast for the year. (laughs) So on behalf of all of us at Reach, we would like to give a huge thank you to all of our guest speakers, podcast sponsors, and listeners for supporting Reach and our mission to support safe and healthy choices vital to the well-being of our community and youth and families.
Tune in next month. Tune in next year and month for all new <laughs> content and stay um, staff topics you don't want to miss. Until next time, remember life is full of choices. Choose happy, choose healthy, and happy holidays and happy new year.